Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Running is getting better because spring is coming. Let's talk running and faith. And as usual, joining me is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. So the pollen's in the air and the snot's in our nose, Dean. It, it is, but that warmer <laughs> air feels good. Oh, man. Well, you know, we had, what, 80 degrees last weekend and this weekend. I don't think the highs Saturday is supposed to get over like 32, yeah, 33. I know. I know. So go figure. Being uh, in the South, got to love the weather. <laughs> All the athletes I'm coaching are like, oh, the long run's going to be awful. <laughs> They're already thinking about Saturday morning. Yeah. It's going to be like less. This could be 20 yeah, or something. Yeah, it's going to be 20 something, the wind blowing. And, yeah. And we had 80s last week. I know. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Welcome to the South. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, before we get started, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. Um, and again, if you are a business out there and you want to help out Run for God and allow us to help you out, give uh, runlanehollis at gmail.com an email. Uh, Lane will get you all the information that you need to know. But this week is uh, the people that make our smiles look better. Smile Doctor Orthodontics is your best choice for braces. Um, it's a fun, playful environment that takes all the stress out of bra- braces. The workers are very caring and work toward each patient's specific needs until they are complete. Your first consultation is free, and they will examine what exactly needs to be done for you personally. If you're interested in getting braces, find your local Smile Doctors now and get your free consultation. Again, both my boys have been there. Uh, got their braces. Landon's about to get his off this summer. He's excited. But, uh, yeah, it's a great atmosphere down there. It's, yeah. it's it's very unique. It's unlike – it's not your normal dentist, orthodontist office – uh, it's, it's a different environment when you go in there. So, yeah, I like those folks. I like those folks who do things in a little bit different direction and make yeah. things fun. Yeah. yeah. How about a Facebook post from last week? This one comes from Michelle Christensen, um, and Michelle, she's got such a great heart. I've gotten some emails from Michelle, and she's uh, she's just a. Uh, She's just a good-hearted lady. Wants to help people and and do good stuff. And um, this is this is her post. It says victory post. To say I am proud is an understatement. We celebrate you, Papa, and are grateful for all that God is doing in your life. I truly believe that you are one of the people God put on my heart when he asked me to start from scratch and follow every part of the Couch to Marathon last year. The preparation and sacrifice has been so worth it, and I'm excited for more of your journey. But today... We rejoice in 20 minutes of straight running and trust God for many more physical, mental, and spiritual transformations for you as you continue to hashtag run for God. Oh, and keep up the good work stretching. <clears throat> there must be a story behind that one. Yeah. You know, for the for those of you who listen and, and may not understand what she's talking about, in the, the 5K challenge or the marathon challenge, we're in the 5K section of it right now. Uh, this past week was week eight, yeah. which is a big week for people in the 5K challenge. It's when we go from walking, running intervals or walking and walking faster intervals to straight walking fast or running uh, for 20 minutes straight. And it's a big week. Yeah. People doubt themselves. I saw another Facebook post that said, uh, a lady said that 
Mitchell and Dean kept telling us, and I kept not believing until today. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's cool to see that transformation that takes place really at this week at the 5K Challenge. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of good posts about the 20-minute run this week. And um, and is there anything better than sharing running with, whether it be a spouse or children or an an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, whoever, somebody in the family, it's awesome, Mm -hmm. isn't it, to be able to share that with them? Yeah, it sure is. And to help them. It's really cool when you overcame and you did something Mm -hmm. pretty cool, and then now you're able to go back and, and help them. It's it's a lot of fun to watch for sure big break for big breakthrough for a lot of people yeah yeah it's fun to see i had a trivia question for last week our trivia question was about indoor track we had talked about indoor track and so this there here was the question there was a man back in the late 70s early 80s who was known as the chairman of the boards because he was great at running indoor track who was he and what country was he from you had no idea. You've no probably idea. never no heard clue. this name. Never, <laughs> still don't know this name. <laughs> Eamon Coglin was. Uh, he's from Ireland. Is it Eamon? Eamon Coglin. Yeah, hmm. that's the way you say it. Because Lane has a teammate, and they they they, they, they pronounce, pronounce it Eamon. Eamon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, hmm. but uh, most of the time, I think I heard him on broadcast. I think I remember it being okay. Eamon Coglin. So uh, maybe it's somewhere in between. It's not Eamon or Eamon. It's uh, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But back then, they had some guys from Ireland who were really fast. Ireland had a a whole stable of fast dudes. And um, Ray Flynn is one comes to mind. There's there's a couple of other guys that were huge, huge. Uh, And they always came to New York to run this, uh, um, what was it called? The Wanamaker Mile, which is one of the most prestigious indoor mile races, probably the most prestigious indoor mile in the world. And uh, he would come and watch and run it. And um, of course, back then, when it came to outdoor season, there were these guys from Steve Ovette and Sebastian Coe, and you had Steve Scott and Sidney Marie. You had so many guys that, that were really good outdoors. Mm-hmm. And when it got to be outdoor season, Eamon Coglin would just kind of blend in with everybody else. But on in the indoor season, there was just something about him being able to run indoors faster than anybody else. Hmm. His times were actually as fast or faster indoors as they were outdoors. And why is that it is, because he can navigate a turn better? Because I mean, that's really the only difference. Isn't it? And you, you would think about it. You would think that would be the, the case. But I, I don't know. It's just I, I don't know if he just liked running on the boards. Um, you know, for, I mean, many people listening may not know, but an outdoor track is 400 meters, 400 yards, whatever. Yep. Indoor is usually half that. Well, indoor nowadays is 200 meters. The track that he he the first sub 350 indoor, uh, he was the first guy to break sub 350. But the Wanamaker Mile, which he won seven times, um, was on a 134 meter track. It's just so weird. So it's just it's a tiny. tiny How did track. it become 134 meters? Well, it's like 12 laps to a mile. Is it okay. comes out to be like 134, and I'm I'm I think 134. I kind of did a little bit of quick math on that, but um, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. But it's shorter than 200 meters. Strange. So sharp. So it's even tighter. Yeah, really sharp turns because yeah. the 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 straightaways were longer than the turns too. So the turns were super sharp, and he was just really really good hmm. at navigating those turns, hmm. um, which is probably why so many of the, the the tracks. You know, of course today they're all banked, but back then the banking was way more important. Because if you didn't bank a track that had that sharp a turn, yeah. there's no way you could stay on the track. It was yeah. just going to be too hard. Um, 
Yeah, and in that Wanamaker mile that he ran, uh, he won seven times. That was the record up until Bernard Lagat. If I don't know if you know the name mm-hmm. Bernard Lagat, but he's he's a transplanted. He's a from I think he's from Kenya, uh, but American citizen, and um, he great guy, and and he finally broke that record and, and ran eight. But um, but Amon seven were uh, were pretty impressive. The Wanamaker mile has been around since nineteen twenty six. So to have the record for the most wins is pretty impressive, uh, for sure. And then to be second is, is pretty impressive. But Eamon, he grew up in, in Ireland, but he came to the United States for to run. So he ran for Villanova University, won three NCAA titles. Um, again, he set the world record for the indoor mile three times. He was the first one to run under 350. There still have not been many people who have ever run under 350 to this day. Um, he won 52 of the 70 uh, mile or 1500 meter races that he ran in his life which wow. is pretty impressive uh, rarely rarely ever lost indoors um yeah there have been there have only been four i didn't realize this there have only been four sub 350 miles run in the united states indoors hmm. um, that surprised me and and amen is still one of those really so i mean he's this is back in the 80s and, wow. and he's still one of the top four fastest uh, on American soil. It's crazy. Now, I think the super shoes are going to change that. I think, you know, going forward, I think that uh, these these shoes have just made people faster. Yeah. And uh, I heard was listening to something the other day, and somebody was debating that. And I was like, there's no debating that anymore. We're I done. heard Lane and Landon in the kitchen last night. I was sitting in here, and I heard them in there debating super shoes. Because Lane evidently got two new pairs of shoes yesterday, and landon i think you gave some to landon yeah and they it was just funny to hear that not debate they weren't debating it it was just all about shoes i'm like what 15 and 19 year old <laughs> sit in the kitchen of a house and have a debate about running shoes yeah but mine do yeah 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 <laughs> thanks to you uh, yeah I, I, well glad i could help uh <laughs> Eamon was also the first guy that was over 40 to run a sub four forty uh sub four minute mile so there's only been a few of those and of course he was the first one uh, and <laughs> this is interesting once Eamon's career was over he was a very you know he had this personality that just drew you to him mm-hmm. you know you just you had to root for Eamon Coughlin and um, he became a senator he was appointed to a senator in Ireland so once his appointment was up he ran to continue holding that seat and apparently there was some debate and he in this debate made some kind of a did some kind of an impression of somebody that didn't go over very well and it just it fell flat and he didn't get elected wow uh, so not a very good politician apparently <laughs> uh probably probably too honest if i'm guessing i don't know what the reference was to or who it was but probably somebody who was just a little too honest <laughs> and uh now he's director of fundraising for a children's medical foundation so um and of course he's on television from time to time as a commentator and, and that kind of thing so um yeah he was such a fun guy to root for he had this energy about him and of course you know the fact that he was from ireland and had that cool accent yeah. that didn't hurt him yeah. you know it was pretty pretty cool so sounds like a cool guy yeah, yeah. well hey listen we've got a 5k coming up april 9th we do that's right around the corner we uh if you're listening to this if you're in earshot of this we want you to come to dalton and join us april the 9th it's the 5k if you're part of run club you can come join us for the whole weekend we've got stuff going on friday night saturday morning saturday night 
and then again on Sunday morning. Um, so go to runforgod.com and check it out. Uh, it's a great 5K. It's on a uh, probably one of the greatest cross-country trails around here. Oh, absolutely. In my opinion. Yes. Uh, because there is no asphalt. There is no gravel. It is all grass and mulch trails and boardwalks. Yeah. So great running surface. Even, you know, some people hear trails and they go, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. This is about as smooth of a trail as you're going to get. Yeah. It's basically like running on the road, just softer. Yep. So, uh, yeah, go to runforgod.com, check it out, and join us April the 9th for the Run For God 5K right here in Dalton, Georgia. Yeah, for sure. Don't forget about that 5K challenge coming up, too. Yeah. You know, for those that are out there that might want to teach a class. April that, the 3rd. April we'll the 3rd. that off. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah, get on it. Get on it. All right. You know that we are sponsored by J Radio. And if you haven't listened to J Radio yet, we wish you'd go out there and at least check it out and see what you think. It's great music um, with you never have to worry about hearing words and things that you don't want to hear when you listen to J Radio. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, so we're back. And, uh, Dean. I got the realization last night that I'm getting older. Oh, great. No, it's, it's not. About, it's about time. About? <laughs> and I also evidently tell dad jokes. Of course. Didn't know that. Well, you. So Lane was listening to the podcast from two weeks ago. Yeah. And he informed me last night that one of my jokes just fell flat on the younger generation. He was listening to the part of the podcast where you were talking about. You know, kids these days, you know, they, they don't stand a chance because everything's videoed. And, and when you were younger, you know, there, there's not as much video or times available. And I made the comment. I said, what they do write those? You know, they wrote those on tablets back then. Yeah. <laughs> Lane didn't get it. You know why? Because he doesn't understand what that means. No. Uh, he thought iPad. Oh. Tablet. Yeah. <laughs> so I realized... I've, I've skipped a generation all of a sudden. Yes. I I'm not the latest generation anymore. I hadn't thought about that. And so Lane was like, what's the big deal, writing it on an iPad? I mean, come on. And I, <laughs> he didn't get that I was talking about biblical times. <laughs> so evidently I told a well, dad joke and got older all in that same podcast. Well, I'm, I, I'll just say this. And Lane, if you're listening, maybe you need to spend more time in Exodus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Lane. Uh, well, I went to uh, this past week. I went to a high school track meet, and then I went to a college track meet. Stark difference. Oh my goodness, the difference. Oh, I mean, every time you walk across the track at a college track meet, you got to be careful because mm -hmm. there's probably Something's a race right. going on. Yeah, and and in high school, oh, there's you know you spend more time not running than you do running. And uh, what a difference. Man, Southeast man. was, uh, we were at Southeast this weekend, and which is one of the better run yeah, That one moves along a little I mean, faster. Run really does a good job. But we were still there for, um, I think it started at 
eight thirty. The field event started eight thirty, and it was. I won't, it was almost one o'clock before we got out of there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so, our, yeah, our college meets on Saturday didn't it lasted maybe an hour or so longer than that. But you got to realize they had, you know, eight sections of the fifteen hundred. They had sure. You know, They've yeah. got more events. The, the events last right. longer. The steeplechase and the five k they last longer than the. So uh, and yeah, the, and if you're a distance runner, it's the worst. Yeah. Because Landon ran almost the very well. He ran the very first running event. He ran one midway, and then he runs basically the the next to the last yeah. event at the very end. So you're there for the whole thing because they try to spread it out they try to make it good I so you get, get more it, rest it's still but, like watching paint dry yeah, yeah. for 90 percent of the time but uh yeah. But yeah i mean they're they're fun but yeah. it's it's a lot of sitting and waiting and five minutes of excitement and then sit and wait yeah and uh, yeah. but i did i did kind of walk around I, I a young lady that we used to camp with us her parents used to camp with us she did the uh the high jump the long jump and the triple jump and so oh. I walked around with her friend, and I really got to understand some other events this week. And I usually don't, yeah, I usually don't go pay attention much to the other events. Um, it's fun to get to learn those. It days. is, yeah. I mean, I learned a lot about the high jump and how how much, um, what do you call it, uh, technique. Yeah, technique. Oh, there yeah. is. It's not oh, just yeah. brute power. I mean, there mm-hmm. was a girl there that she she had to be six two tall lanky girl i mean you would have thought she would have just creamed everybody in the high jump but a shorter girl a little short girl yep just blistered everybody but you could start to see the technique difference she yeah. knew how to do it that's right and uh so it was, it was pretty cool yeah that's kind of the field event that's the, that's the whole idea behind a lot of field events is technique is so so important mm-hmm. timing and yeah it's uh interesting all right confidence we all struggle with it from time to time, I'd say. Um, but the question is, should we struggle with confidence? I mean, well, Rhonda Williams, who we all know, mm-hmm. we've heard Rhonda Williams stories before. She tells us where we should look for our confidence in a story called A Crisis of Confidence. I have written about my little dog, Star, before. We thought we were rescuing her, but now I think God brought her into our home to teach us lessons about our relationship with him. A little dog with a big purpose. She has been with us for four years now and is is a happy, playful little thing. But sometimes when I call her, she approaches me timidly. She tucks her head and dances around shyly. I'm her mama and she knows I love her and so she should jump confidently into my arms when I call her. For four years, I have loved and adored her, provided for and protected her. I have been kind, loving and forgiving. So where is this timidity coming from? I'm a run for God coach and my little dog reminds me of how some of my students and me on occasion, I have to admit, approach their goal race. They have done the work and they're ready, but they don't approach the start line with confidence. Instead, doubts and worry fill their heads and some wonder, why am I here? I tell them, trust your training and trust your God. You deserve to be here. But the doubts still linger. Some are intimidated by other runners. I tell them to focus on their own race and not look at everyone else. The other runners may be on a different journey. Some have been running for a long time. Others are just naturally talented, and some are not as fast as they look. I remind them where the negative thoughts come from and encourage them not to let the devil steal their joy. 
You are a child of the king. Hold your head high and run with confidence. It occurred to me that sometimes I approach God with the same timidity as my dog approaches me and my runners approach a race. He has shown me over and over how much he loves me and adores me, so why don't I go to him with confidence? He has provided for me, protected me, and given me a humbling amount of grace and mercy, so I should jump into his arms with confidence when he calls me. He would never ask me to do anything he has not already equipped me for. Instead, I let Satan plant doubt and insecurity in my mind. I say, let, because I have the power to resist him, to defeat him, to kick him to the curb. All I have to do is call on the Holy Spirit to strengthen me and build my confidence again. All I have to do is remind myself of God's promises and his past faithfulness. All I have to do is have faith as small as a mustard seed. So when God asks me to do something and I have a crisis of confidence, the Holy Spirit whispers, trust your training, trust your God. I can move forward with full confidence because I know he is with me and will provide all that I need to be successful. Okay, coach, let's do this. Hmm. Rhonda always has incredible stories. Yeah, she does. That one, uh, and that one was no different. Yep. You know, I think the the funny thing about this story is I think we have different dogs, obviously. Usually when my dog comes to me, and this is, I'm going to relate this to my walk with Christ because it's when I do this with Christ. Usually when my dog comes to me, head down like that, he's done something. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> mine too <laughs> and I think many times when I go to God in that same posture mm. what have I done yeah. and I think a guilty conscience many times can wreck your confidence which is where we, we've got to be in daily prayer and asking forgiveness yeah. every chance we get um, so that we don't tend to have that posture because it can be cumulative yeah, you, you let these things build up, and you don't take it to God before long. You are sheepishly coming to God, um, just like you know, my dog. When when he comes like that, I, I know I can look around the couch or the corner of the house, and something's tore up. <laughs> so, great story, Rhonda. Yeah, it sure was. And we do this on a grand scale mm-hmm. um, with. You know, right now the world is in turmoil. Mm -hmm. Our country is so divided, Mm -hmm. and we look at that and we we fret over it. Mm -hmm. What we should be doing is going, well, God, God, no, none of this is surprising Mm -hmm. Him, none of it, and God's in control. And as as much as we we can be concerned about what's going on, and we certainly should be, Mm -hmm. and we certainly should be out there trying to share Christ more, especially on the things that divide us, but. God's still in control, mm-hmm. and I think that's just where we miss it. That's why we go to Him the way that we do. That's why we that's why we lack confidence in, in everything that we do is because we forget yeah. that God's got this. Yeah, and the fact that you know there there's there's nothing that I can do to change what's going on right now. Yeah, and I know some will argue that well, together we can band together and we can make a difference, and and that's true. But I shouldn't, you know, I've kind of slipped back into the news cycle yeah. with all this going on. I've talked on here about it, that I, I kind of pulled away from it, and probably this podcast is going to force me to slip back out of it because yeah. I can feel the conviction right now. But I've let myself slip back into that 24-hour news and needing to get updated, and, yeah. you know, it just it tears me up inside. It, <laughs> it, it puts me in a bad mood. You know, I drive by the gas station. I see you know, $5 mm. diesel. <laughs> I drive a diesel truck 
and uh but why 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 do i why do i let myself get to that point it's to be honest it's a lack of faith yeah you know god's in control god's going to work this out for the good of those who love him i need to rely and trust you know this whole this whole podcast today is about trust yeah i need to trust therefore have confidence that it's all going to work out yeah second corinthians 3 4 and 5 says such confidence we have through christ before god not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves but our competence comes from god you know i love new king james version says trust and i like how confidence and trust is interchanged yeah you can can interchange those words because one leads to the other our confidence leads to trust yeah Um, our trust leads to confidence um but yes it's it's pretty straightforward that our our trust our confidence should not be in a political party it should not be in gas prices it should not be in what the outcome of ukraine and russia is it should be in god i mean this scripture and the next scripture both are pretty straightforward about that yeah, one thing that I like about this verse in a little bit different direction is that I like it because in an indirect way, it's saying just just because we lack the talent of somebody else um, in whatever we do, including running, God made us the way he made us. And if he made us a 14-minute-per-mile runner, then that's who we are. Mm-hmm. And we should have confidence because that's how God made us. We should have confidence in what we're doing, regardless of the fact that there's guys up there running six minute miles. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's that's important for a lot of people who listen to this mm-hmm. to understand. Um, you know, for that person, it's not about winning a race, but it's about glorifying God where they are. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that's we always feel inadequate. That's a lot of times why we lack confidence mm-hmm. is we feel inadequate. And uh, yeah, we should. We should put our trust in God. How about this one? Jeremiah seventeen seven says, "But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him." Hmm. Once again, we love that word "blessed" in that in that verse. Can I remind you of the Beatitudes? Yeah, but a lot of times we skip right over the word "trust," right. you know, because that's hard. It's hard for us as humans. I think we're built to. I say we're built sin nature forces us to not trust Mm -hmm. to be skeptical of Mm -hmm. everything that we see and and i think that's that's what makes trust so hard Mm -hmm. is how many times have we put our trust in someone and then they let us down and how many times we have to see that before we just pull back completely Mm -hmm. and then next time we go into it a lot more cautiously but the problem is with god that's not the way it works. But we allow the we allow society to distort our view. That's right. Of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And God is, he's not like anything here. Mm-hmm. There, you can trust him. You should yeah. trust him. And things will work out to your benefit if you do trust him. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the gas prices. It's a good example. We get all fired up oh, about. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I drive by. Four gas stations going down the road, and every, I mean, it's like it's like they're in a race to see who can go higher right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, thirty cents difference from one to the next, and then you drive back by, and the other one's thirty cents higher. Yep. 
wh- what what good is it doing me? None. Zero. None. What good is but, it for me to to come home and rant and rave about it and Holly rolls her eyes at me? <laughs> you know, but it does it does no good. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't? If we have some kind of platform to make change, does that mean we shouldn't use that? No, we should absolutely use. If you have a platform, but most of us don't. I don't have a platform that can help bring down gas prices. So I need to close my mouth and trust God. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just uh, and understand that God's still in control again. And Holly's gonna. She's probably gonna keep this this part of this podcast on a loop. <laughs> in the house <laughs> and I'm going to hear myself saying you need to just shut your mouth because that's probably what she thinks and she's correct and when, yeah. when I start getting all knotted up about this kind of stuff I do I, it's, I, it's, it's a lack of faith is what that is I need it too I need it too Romans 8 uh, 37 no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us more than conquerors and here's the question because you look at that more than conquerors i mean what's greater than a conqueror and you think about it it's because what we've gotten from god is way better than a conqueror what does a conqueror get what what is putin going to get if if ukraine falls he's going to get he's going to get some land some minerals Mm -hmm. oh great we're getting the eternal life Mm -hmm. i mean when you weigh those on the scale, there's there's not even a comparison. And I think that's why we are more than conquerors. I think sometimes that we look at that as being so grandiose, like that's a huge, it is a huge statement, but it is that big, right? But I think it goes back to the fact that we've talked about on here before. We can't comprehend many times eternity. Yeah. So we've said on here before, it's 37 billion years. Yeah. 37 billion years of paradise versus being knotted up over gas prices. I mean, that sounds so silly when you say it like that. It but that's exactly how we look many times when we get so torn up about the little things that just don't matter. I'm not saying what's going on in Ukraine doesn't matter. Right. It absolutely matters. It's an atrocity. It's a human rights catastrophe. But... For, for the for the whole world for us for you and I to allow it to take our eyes off God is also an atrocity yeah because it, it. it should it should focus us more on God yeah but instead we allow it to drag us down into you know just yeah. well said debating and complaining and that's 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 not where God wants to use it. That's right. God will use Ukraine to glorify himself. Right. But we have to be looking to God to see that. That's right. Here's a question. Ever show up for a race and feel you didn't belong? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone I've ever run. I remember this time I was in South Georgia and I had just moved to South Georgia and nobody down there knew me, right? And, you know, of course, I was I was a pretty good runner where I'd come from, but I hadn't run in a while. And they had this all comers track meet and I had been running for like a week. And so I thought I would go to this all comers track meet and I would see what I could do in a mile. And nobody would know me and nobody would judge me for it. And I thought this is going to be great. 
And so I go to this track meet where nobody knows me. And I literally took one step onto the track. And somebody goes, hey, aren't you Dean Thompson? No. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't believe that. Because um, I was embarrassed. I felt embarrassed because I felt like I didn't belong there. Because what I was doing was I was measuring myself according to what I had done in the past. Right. And here's this guy who's run, you know, he's run many, many miles in the 420s, who's about to not be able to break five minutes in a mile. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it didn't feel good to, to be in that and to, to feel those eyes looking at me. You know what the truth is? Nobody that was there that day remembers that day except me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it really was not a big deal to anybody else and nobody else cares. And the people who saw that probably thought, man, he must have just got over an injury or something. You know, something. Yeah. But it, it wasn't anything to be embarrassed about. It, it was, but I felt so out of place and unprepared. And, and it's like, so I, I just felt awful. Well, we do. I mean, we do that. We build this stuff up in our head that I did the same thing. I, you, you, you may not even remember the conversation. This has been years ago. And, you know, I got to the point where I, I wasn't near, I mean, really, since you've been a part of this ministry, I haven't been as fast as I once was. Now, wait a minute now. So, <laughs> but anyway, moving past that, I, I, I kind of struggled with that for a little while. Not that I was ever super fast, but, you know, I my training was to the point at one time where I I ran a marathon that didn't go well, but I was trained to sub 320 marathon pace. And I really struggled with, you know, for a variety of reasons. I just I started getting slower in my old age. I didn't have I didn't have the want to be as fast as I, I used to. And that started to really bug me. And then one day it's it's like, you know, maybe it was God prompting me and but I just kinda had this realization that that's okay. Yeah. It's okay if I'm not and because I had it built up in my head that I'm the run for God guy. I'm supposed to be really fast. Yeah. When I know now what God has showed me is that you're the really fast guy. And when we joke and say, I'm the old slow guy, but we both speak to different people in this ministry now. Yeah. And back then I didn't see that. God knew it. I mean, yeah. we talk about God, just trust what God is doing. Trust where you're at. Trust everything about your situation and put it in God's hands because I can clearly look back now. I mean, I was walking last year. For heaven's sake. Yeah. And, but God used that. Yeah. We now have walkers as part of this ministry yeah. and we celebrate them. And that would have never happened had God not, I not slowed down. Yeah. yeah it well, just never would have happened yeah. had I not slowed down. And that's why we talk about it all the time. Was look back. Yeah. Look back at Because you at can where see you where you, you can see God's see the hand. path. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Same thing goes for back in this day when I ran that track meet. You know what this you know what this track meet did for me? It motivated me. You know, most pe- people are motivated in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. Well what if I'm if I'm embarrassed by a performance, that motivates the fire out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm on fire then for I, I I gotta I gotta do better. Yeah. And it did. And from that point forward, I, I I started running back to running again and got got back in better shape. And I, I think it was not long after that I ran a I ran a ten k 
pretty close to the same pace that, you ran <laughs> that I ran that one mile. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what it, it, God turns those things around. Another question, ever stay home because of a crisis of confidence? <laughs> I'm kind of the other I'm, way around. I'm kind of like you here. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like I'm the guy who uh, – I'm gonna. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna. Then I want to do it anyway. And even though there there are times when maybe I'd like to, or probably should have. Probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. me. Yeah. I'm kind of like I, I. I don't know why this popped in my head. What's the movie with Mel Gibson where he's like a warrior and uh, Mad Max? No, he's on a horse and it's like so. Oh, Braveheart. Yeah. I've, that's usually me when. Yeah. I, my yeah. confidence is low. I'm like, let's all in. Let's yeah, go. Just go in. And yeah. I probably should sit on the couch for a little while. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I think me and you are kind of alike here. Yeah, but th- we see a lot of people, though, who do have that crisis of confidence. It's, um, it's unhealthy in the opposite way. It, it yeah. is. It is. I remember uh, a girl one time, she was going to, she had committed verbally to running the steeplechase. Well, if you if you understand the steeplechase, you have to jump over these barriers, and it's mm-hmm. it's intimidating. She was also rather rather short, and so that made those barriers look really big. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got to this race where she was going to run the steeplechase, and she spent thirty minutes literally running up to that barrier and not jumping over it mm-hmm. because she was intimidated by it over and over and over again. Um, but if I hadn't been there and somebody had said, you can just not run that race, you probably wouldn't have run it. But I, I'm because I'm that guy who's going to run that race anyway, you know, I kind of pushed her into it. And of course, once the race started, everything was great. And that's what we find oftentimes when we lack confidence. And sometimes we feel like we shouldn't show up, but we show up anyway. Mm-hmm. Things turn out fine. Yeah, I mean, I think a few things come to my mind right there is you talk about running up to the barrier. The thing about lack of confidence in those situations is it gets worse the more you don't do something. You know, I think of about, you know, I grew up going to the lake and jumping off like a 30-foot cliff into the lake, and you have some people. I was always the guy that, where's it at? I'll jump, and I jump, not even thinking. But then I had friends who they would spend 30 minutes just like you said, walking yeah. up the edge and you could see them trying to muster the, and they just, and it got what, you know, when it first started, they just couldn't do it. But 30 minutes later, their knees are shaking. I mean, everything, they're terrified yeah. and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And gosh, I mean, how, how many times do we do that with God? Yeah. We have this sin or we have this something that we need to come clean about and, we just okay today. We're we're just not going to take it to God. We'll we'll deal with it tomorrow. Are right. we? We need to ask forgiveness, or we need to offer forgiveness. Whatever these situations, the longer we let it drag, the worse it gets. Yeah, that's true. Before that's long, point. yeah, you you're not even talking to God. Yep. Before long, you're avoiding everything there is to do with God. Yep. All over something so silly many times mm-hmm. as. You know, you 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 told your wife a white lie. I've done this one before. You know, for whatever reason, I, I say something that's just not true, and it's like, I mean, immediately you're like, why did I do that? Yeah. Why did I say that? And, I mean, I'll, I'll tear myself inside out for days. 
And then finally, I'll go to her. I said, "Look, I said something the other day that just wasn't true." Wow. And yeah. she's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got myself in divorce court. You know, by the time I finally go talk to her in my head, yeah. But that's so many times what it is. It's something yeah. that's so small that we or the or the devil will allow us to just turn us. You're 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 an awful person. Yeah, this is never going to be reconciled. Whatever we, I mean, we literally come to the point of no return many times, and so many times it's just a little. Just go deal with it. Go jump off that cliff. Jump that hurdle. Whatever it is, if you fall off, get back on. You know, I used to make my kids do that when they had a bike wreck. Yeah. Immediately, you got to get back on. Yeah. You got to get back on and at least ride five minutes. Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest Nike fan. Mm-hmm. But man, they hit it out of the park with that with that slogan. Just do it. Just sometimes, just just yeah. do it. Just do it and rip the bandaid off. Yeah, you know. Last question: Can you go confidently into his presence? And do you? Of course, I wish I could say yes. I mean, we do often. I think we do often, but um, there it's never all the time. All the time, we're never a hundred percent in all the time. Right. Um, I think. I think this is something you get better at. Yeah, the more you do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I remember back. I remember that this. This was a great, great lesson for me when I was very young. I was 14 years old, and I played on a baseball team. We had a great baseball team, and we went to uh, the Southeast Regional. We won our state championship. We went to the Southeast Regional Championship, and we just knew we were just going to clean everybody's clock. And um, we, we started out, we won the first game six to nothing with a one hitter. And we were like, we're, we're on our way, you know. And then we ran into a team from Maryland. And um, that team beat us twice. And we, we wound up finishing second, I think, in the tournament. But uh, in that last game, I had struggled at the plate. I was a pretty good hitter. But then all of a sudden, in this particular tournament, I struggled at the plate. And, and I could feel myself at the plate thinking i hope i hope i'm gonna be able to do this Mm -hmm. but i remember getting down it was the last inning and i thought this is this may be my last at bat and so i just went up there with this i've got nothing to lose attitude of i'm going to get up there and the first good pitch i see i'm going to hit it over the fence i will hit a home run in this at bat there's no question about it this i just had this in my mind like there was no question i was going to do this and i stepped to the plate just as confident as i could be and the first good pitch i had i hit a ground rule double it's pretty close to a home run Mm -hmm. i just barely missed it and um but i realized at that point that had had i done the same thing three games ago i would have been knocking the cover off the ball three games ago Mm -hmm. but because i was stepping to the plate with such timidity as Mm -hmm. she points out here that's what was causing me problems you gotta go confidently and it's that way with god how many times do you see athletes do this with injuries oh yeah i'm taught i had a conversation with lane last night you know lane had a little quad tweak where i'm 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 about positive it's over you know but lane's had a He's had a history with some injuries and just that have lingered. That have lingered and and but we kind of had the conversation last night. He, you can you can come timidly to workouts for now for, for the next six months and never get back to your A game. Mm-hmm. Or you can go into this workout, which is this morning. I haven't talked to him yet to see how the workout went. Or you can go in there 
with the attitude, I'm no longer injured. Because you you either are or you're not. Yeah. And so there's only one way to really find out at this point. We're, yeah. we're all pretty sure, based on what I've said, you said this is one of the few times that you, me, and Andy have all lined up in what we're saying. Yep. Because he's, he's getting input from all three of us. Yeah. He, he does that, which is fine. Yeah. You know, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all kind of lined. I told him what you said after last week's podcast when you and I talked that, you know, this is sometimes you got to go. Yep. It's time to go. Yep. And, uh, but we do that many times in our, in our athletics. We, we get injured or something didn't go right and we're timid about, and we just hold ourselves back. And sometimes you just got to go. And if the injury's still there, then we know where we're at. Right. But timidly doing stuff and not feeling anything is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Boy, you're right. Sometimes you got to go. And I can think of so many examples of athletes doing that. Mm-hmm. So many. Wow. Yeah. Good point. At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run for God station on J Radio. All right, we're back, and we were just talking a little bit about coaching and, and athletes and things like that. What do you think is the toughest thing to deal with as a coach? Do you think it's injuries? No. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. It's we, we've, we've talked about with our athletes who, you know, we had several at one time who were kind of getting pretty high level in triathlon. Lane is obviously still there. And, and I've always said that when you go to, like when Lane goes to a, say, a Continental Cup, which is the best guys in the country, the best guys in North America. Everybody there is talented. Everybody there is fast. Everybody there has done this for years. Everybody there pretty much has the same training. The difference is who's willing to hurt the most yeah. in this sport. Yeah. It really that's what it really comes down to is who is willing to hurt the most. And, you know, we've talked about the How Bad Do You Want It book, and there's yeah. all kinds of things that we've we've talked about. But I think really in the end, and even it, it doesn't have to be high-level triathlon. It can be if you want to run your PR in your next 5K. Yeah. And, and training comes a little bit more into play there, but it still comes down to sure. the six inches between your ears on race day. Definitely the most important. Yeah. Yeah. You know – I've always said, you know what would revolutionize coaching completely is if you had some kind of a meter where you could actually measure somebody's pain while they're running. You know, if you actually knew how much stress the body was really getting while they were running, so that so you, that's the cool thing about cycling. We have a power meter, so you can yeah. you can kind of yeah. Well, that gives that, that that tells you how how well you're doing. I mean, you got a clock in, in running as well. To me, a power meter and a clock are not much different as far as it's measuring your performance. True, but you don't yeah. really know. I mean, in other words, I can get on a bike and I can I can go, you know, I can do 200 whatever the watts, the yeah. watts and Lane can go 200 watts 
ain't the same thing. Right. He's going to do it, and it's not going to feel like anything to him. Where it's going to feel like it's going right. to kill me. But I wish I could figure out how to how to tell whether because you know you just get the feeling some people are really good at handling pain mm-hmm. and some people are not, and all you can do is objectively try to look at it. But it's all a subjective opinion in the end because you don't really know. You know, you know, you know, Catherine on mm-hmm. our college team. She looks like she never hurts. That's true. <laughs> but I know that she has a seriously high pain tolerance. Sure. And you know how I know that? Because one day when she was taking her first ice bath at the college, the trainer goes in, had filled up the ice bath for her. The trainer goes in there to check on her and she's sitting in the ice bath. Neck deep. Up to her neck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and she's just sitting there like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Now for most people, there's just, there's most people can never do that mm-hmm. and she's doing it like it's nothing because it's what she was supposed to do so i know she has a high pain tolerance but when she runs you can't tell she hurts at all and so i wish there was a way to measure how much it's funny you say that because you know lane will occasionally do that we we've got the neighbor's swimming pool over here so in the winter time it's a ready-made ice bath you know it's a it's a swimming pool but i mean it gets down to the low 30s at time they're put it's a saltwater pool so it doesn't freeze and low 30s is probably statistically too cold to be doing an ice bath but yeah. it's it's handy so way too cold he goes over there <laughs> and but some days when he's like a, had a bad swim workout he'll he'll go down to his neck and yeah we, we do eight minutes we don't do any longer than eight minutes and he'll get out and but i remember landing and Patton come in from a workout one day and landon goes over and he gets waist deep in the ice bath Patton couldn't even put his foot in. He put his foot in and took it out, and he said, y'all are crazy. I'm not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. But Patton's still a good runner. He is. But imagine if we could get Patton's brain to not enjoy pain. That's probably the wrong word, to, to handle pain more. Yeah. Imagine what Patton could do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a huge, yeah, maybe everything. And there's so many athletes like that. Who yeah. they think I was talking with a girl the other day on our team who I'm pretty sure she does not have a very high pain tolerance. And she was explaining to me how she has a way higher pain tolerance than most people. Well, everybody thinks they have a higher pain tolerance than everybody else. Everybody thinks I can endure more pain than anybody else. And the truth is, is that a lot of us can't endure a lot of pain. Most times when somebody says it's excruciating, it's the worst pain I've ever felt. They don't have a high pain tolerance. Right. Usually the yeah. people that have a high pain tolerance, you rarely ever hear them talk about how yeah, painful hurting. yeah 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 it's true yeah i mean yeah i think i think of Catherine. i think elaine yeah when i think of high pain tolerance both of them yeah and many times their pain threshold will allow them to do better than some that have more talent because yep. they're willing to walk that fire further yeah and uh, but it makes us have to listen to them a little, a little closer too because when Catherine says she's hurting you know, my ears perk up. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that's why it was so difficult with Lane. Yeah. These past few weeks is, and I, I've, I've just 100% turned it over to him. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me. Smart thing. Yeah. But the minute he said, I don't feel it anymore, then I'm going to start pushing. Yep. And I've told him that. So you got to be 100% honest. Right. Because my job as coach, you know, I'm dad, but I'm also coach, is to push you. But your job as, to, as athlete is to be honest. 
Because yep. Lane has been guilty in the past of just running through some stuff he probably shouldn't have ran through. Mm-hmm. And so, but now he's, I mean, he's 19 now. He, you come to a point where you got to be honest. You, he knows his body well enough now. He understands what's sore and what's pain, what's acute and what's not. And, you know, as coaches, you got to rely on that sometimes. Yeah. Because Lane's never given us any reason to not trust what he's saying. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Pain's a peculiar thing. Well, it is time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, the world is united around Ukraine, but of course, we're still so divided on so many issues, and uh, runners are in a unique position, though, and I'm going to talk about why in this story called Rally Around the Suffering. As I watch the news about Ukraine, I noticed that most of the country and even the world is unified in supporting the people of a country that is the size of Texas with the population of California. The last time I remember our country being unified against a cause was in the aftermath of 9-11. Even the pandemic did not unify us in, in the way that it probably should have. You have probably noticed, outside of the example of Ukraine, society is more divided than it has been in a long time. As a Christian, it breaks my heart. I don't want to get political, but why is it that something like a war thousands of miles away can unite us like it has? I think there are several reasons, but one of them is that we have a natural instinct to want to help people through tough times. Think about it. No matter your political persuasion, your goal is always to help make things better. The reason we're divided is that there's a dispute between how to do it. In the case of Ukraine, it is easy for everyone to see the injustice in it and rally around the people we wish to help. Okay, so what does all that have to do with running? If you've ever been to a running event where there are hundreds or even thousands of people gathered, you never hear any arguments. Why? Well, because everyone is united around this thing we call running. Why do we rally around each other for, for that reason? Well, it's hard, and we all know it. We all love an overcomer story, and running is all about overcoming, whether it's the pain of a race or just forcing yourself out the door to go for a run. We can support one another because we love to rally around anyone who is going through tough times. Running can be a daily grind. We know that we feel better about our running when we talk with someone about it, so we seek out those relationships and help each other out. I've been to a lot of local road races. There are dozens of people who I see who I know as runners but I have no idea what they do for a living or what political persuasion they hold. It doesn't matter. We have a common struggle, and that's enough. We build each other up because we understand each other, and we have a common enemy, complacency and poor fitness. When you look about it, when you think about it, being a runner at one of those events may, excuse me, when you think about it, being a runner at one of those events may be a non-Christian gathering, but there are a lot of Christian principles being applied. Now, there may be some that are not, but our common love for the sport still unites us. Likewise, our walk with or walk of faith, we are challenged to support one another, even to the point of praying for our enemies. This is what Jesus says in Mark 12, 29-31. After being asked which was the greatest commandment, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. It is simple. We are to love and support one another, period. It doesn't say we have to support everything everyone chooses to do, but we do have to support people. We do it when we go to a Saturday morning race. Why can't we do it every other time? I think we look at running a lot like we look at the situation in in Ukraine. We want to support those who are struggling. I can guarantee that the people of Ukraine are thankful for the support coming from all around the world. The running community is a super, super supportive of itself. Isn't it a blessing to know that there are many people who are supporting you simply because you're a runner or a walker? When you get to the point that you're not sure you can do it, remember that there are thousands of people who would give you positive words if they knew you were struggling. It is important that we go to prayer and the Bible when we struggle with our faith. We know that God will meet us when we need him and earnestly search for him. Realize, too, that there is a community out there who wants to see you succeed in this active journey. Draw energy from that knowledge and get out the door and go for that run. It's a good job, Dean. Great story. Well, it's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really seriously, I know some people who um, who I talk to frequently mm-hmm. about running, and I have no idea what their political leanings are. Now, I might be able to guess a little bit, but I'm not sure. So yeah. I think that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, and I don't care. That's the best part about it is I don't care. I don't want to talk to them about that. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> you say that. I mean, I've, I've talked about a friend um, that I, I had in the triathlon community who he was the dad of a young lady who raced. And and I know, you know, he, he is a college professor. He's He's about as opposite of me politically that you can get in every way. But we found something in common years ago. And we formed a great friendship. And that's okay. That's in fact that's great. Yep. You know, I I say it a lot. I I'm I'm very surprised that him and I hit it off because of our differences on so many issues. But for whatever reason we have this this friendship that's just incredible. And I've 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 reached out to him and told him I'm praying for him in certain situations. And um, that's the way we're supposed to do with everybody. And I always use that as my example because I need to I need to replicate my relationship with him. His name is William with everybody I meet because, you know, we 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 tend to prejudge people the minute we meet them. You know, we get this hint (laughs) or we look at how they're dressed or the way they're wearing their hair or whatever and we start we're very presumptuous and we jump to conclusions and we we start judging people right when we meet them and that is so wrong yep um someone can be lost as the day is long and we're to love them in fact we should love them even more than somebody who's just like us yeah um because it, it's our job to tell them about Christ. How can we tell them about Christ if we start a relationship off on political disagreements or I think this, you think that, and pointing fingers? The 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 Christ discussion can't take place. Can't take place. No, because nobody's going to listen to somebody who's yelling at them They're all the not. time and tell them how wrong they are right. about everything they think. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it doesn't mean. And it, there's so many people out there who feel like, well, if you if you get along with that person, that means you're condoning what they're doing. No, right. no, it doesn't mean that. 
It doesn't mean that at all. And if you disagree with somebody, society will say that you hate them. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I, I, there's, there are things that I don't agree with a lot of my friends, but I love them. Yeah. And that's the way we're to do it. Yeah. Yep. The toughest thing in this world is to love the unlovable. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard that before. And it's it's so true. Mm-hmm. And there are so we know people. When I said that, there are people who thought somebody popped in your brain. Who is that person for you right. who is unlovable? And we need to go out there and we need mm-hmm. to love that person. Yeah. We need to make an effort to sure. do that because it's harder to do that for that person, I think. But and that's what God tells us to do. Um, you know, we I wrote a story one time about my Saturday friends, or I can't remember how yeah. I phrased it, yeah. but it was about the friends that I have on Saturday, but I don't have them any other day because right. I, I used to run all those races. And um, we need to look at people outside of our self uh, in the same way we look at those Saturday people. You know, I, I love to see those people. And I love to talk to them. We need to love those people who are that we meet at work that we meet um, out out in the, at the grocery store, we need to look at them the same way and realize they're, they're people that, that, that need Christ or may need Christ. But we've we also need. got to, we've also got to be different in those situations. You talk about your Saturday friends, I'll talk about my job site friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I will leave this podcast and I'm going to go to a job site where there's probably 100 people down there working right now. Yeah. And these are people that some believe like me, some are going to get off work tomorrow night and head to a bar somewhere. Some are going to be some of the foulest language I've ever heard in my life. They're going to be speaking it right around me. Mm-hmm. What we can't do as believers is slip into the trap of blending in. We have to st- not stand apart in an arrogant way, but we have to be different. We have to shine Christ when we're in those situations. Otherwise, those people will never see Christ. Many of these yeah. people I deal with on the construction sites, it's not that they don't like Christ or don't know or don't love Christ. They don't know Christ. Yeah. They they grew up in situations where they they've they've never opened a Bible. Yeah. They've never heard the gospel. Yeah. And that's that's a big responsibility. And, that and, we have as believers, and but we need to step up to the plate and and be different. Not, I don't go on the job site and start preaching to people. I just don't do that. Yeah. But I have my Run for God shirt on every time I go there. They know what I stand for, and I know that because many times when I walk in, I hear the four letter words just kind of die. Yeah. And that lets me know that it's not about Mitchell. It's they're seeing. A picture of Christ, not Mitchell, right? But my hope is that I'm reflecting Jesus Christ. Yeah, it just recently struck me. I got a lady at the college that I that I talk to all the time, and she uses a lot of four letter words. Mm-hmm. And and we've talked a number of times, and I've been real supportive in a lot of things she does. But it struck me that I could look at the language that she uses in a negative way, or I can look at things this way, just like you were just talking about. Um, when when I'm around, she doesn't use that language. And every once in a while, she lets one slip. And as soon as she does, she apologizes for it. She says, I know you don't want to hear that. And again, 
what kind of impact is that having? And, and what kind of impact does it have when I, you know, it, if she feels that way about me, I should feel like, I should feel better about her rather than worse about her. You know what I mean? Because she used that and language. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's, that's letting you know that God's doing something there. Yeah, yeah. God is absolutely doing something there. Yep. And, you know, we talk about the the hateful stuff we get on the social media sometime, and, and Mark Yohoop says that, that's those are the biggest opportunities. Yep. You know when mm. when you when you trigger a res, when when somebody sees God reflected, and it triggers a response, good or bad, that is a good thing. Yeah. Because that means that the worst thing that can happen is somebody just to be apathetic to you. Yeah. They don't change. It, that that means we're not doing our part. We're That's not right. being different. We're not setting ourselves apart and shining the light of Jesus Christ. That probably means we're just blending in. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we go in and start cussing, but we'll we'll just kind of, you know, it would be like me going to a job site and making sure I change my shirt before I go to the job site. Yeah. But many times we do that, not that directly, but we'll go in and. We'll not talk about the church service on Sunday because of who might be in the room. We we have to st- we have to be different. We did a one of the God's thoughts videos on our website is about it's called be different. Yeah, not be cocky, not be arrogant, not be I'm better than you. Be different. Yeah, and we've talked about you know Lane had the question one time from a bunch from several teenagers. Lane, we never hear you cuss. Why is that? And Lane almost was, at the time, he was almost kind of embarrassed of that. And I had to explain, you should be proud of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So just and we're not ju- And we're not judging you. If you're out there and you're listening and you use some of that language. No, we're not, we're not, absolutely not. definitely not, not judging no, no, people no. for no. that, for sure. It's, um, but but uh, it, it's, it is one way that we can stand out and be different. Sure, um, absolutely. For sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run For God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back. We had some really, really cool stuff happen this past weekend uh, on the professional running scene. Um, a new uh, U.S. record in the 10K. It was, it was like the day they had it was absolutely. It, they actually postponed it one day because the day before the weather wasn't great and it looked like the weather was going to be good the next day. When well, when they had it, it was like 50 degrees, no wind. They had the pacing light on the track. I mean, it was like perfect 100 percent perfect conditions and sure enough grant fisher went out and broke the american record by 11 seconds um, which a is a lot <laughs> ran 26 33 
Um, and Grant Fisher's a relatively young dude. Where was that at? Um, it was in California. California, okay. Yeah. Um, and they just got this this race together for just a bunch of people to come and run. There were a bunch of great runners there. And as a matter of fact, this came down to the wire. Grant Fisher actually had to outkick um, Mo Ahmed from Canada. So did Mo also break the record? Mo broke the Canadian record. He's oh, Canadian. Okay. okay. Um, and then the Australian record was also broken in uh in this race so it was, a, it was a great day um and you know this grant fisher he's gosh he's really flourished he ran a he broke rupp's indoor 5k record ran 12.53 a couple of weeks ago and then here he comes running this this 10k um his this 10k places him seventh all time now mm. if you follow u.s distance running you realize that as far as u.s distance running goes anything 10k and up it's unusual for the americans to have any times in the top 10 um, so that's that's pretty impressive. Um, there's only been three. This is incredible stat. There's only been three people outside of Africa who have ever broken 27 minutes for the 10K. Three total, and they're all Americans. Hmm. Chris Selinski did it first. He ran 26.59. Then Galen Rupp broke his American record, ran 26.44, and now Grant Fisher has run 26.33. And of course, Joshua Cheptega from Uganda is the guy that holds the world record at twenty six eleven. So, um, just just a great day. Um, I think that super shoes play a part in the faster times these days. As, these days, as we talked about, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it really makes those those older guys and some of those times that they ran along to, like Amon Coglin. We were talking about makes him look really really fast these days when you look back on it. And then on the female side, Elise Cranny just barely missed the American record. And I didn't I didn't hear this until just this morning. Uh, apparently, what happened with Elise Cranny was they had the timing light. You know, they have this this pacing light. And all they got to do is stay ahead of that pacing light. And if they stay ahead of that pace, pacing light, they break a world record or American record or whatever, whatever it's set for. So they had this light set. And Elise Cranny finished well ahead of the light. So it was like, yeah, she broke the American record. But they had the pacing light set at 30.16. The American record was 30.13. And Elise Cranny ran 30.14. So she missed the American record by one second. Somebody had one job. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To top in the right time yeah. for that pacing light. Oh, that's terrible. Isn't that awful? And so, I mean, we don't know whether she had another second in her or not, but she looked really good doing it. So you, you get the feeling like she may have. Um, and and there's, been, there's some question as to whether or not she knew so that she it was set at 3016. So she thought she was four seconds faster than the record? Is that – she I, thought she was breaking it by th- four there's seconds? There's some question about that. Nobody okay. really knows um, whether the – because there's some speculation that the coach actually set it at 3016 for a reason. I, I don't know. But, uh, but at any rate – um, she, that seems counterintuitive. If, it, it, if I were the coach, I would set it faster. You know, yeah. we've talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. I would lie the other way yeah. to make them break it by seven seconds yeah. rather than <laughs> miss it by one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's good news because, you know, American distance running is on its way up. And uh, the, maybe the most impressive story of the day was Sarah Lancaster. Sarah Lancaster is 34 years old. She just got the uh, world standard, the world championship standard by running like 31-21 or something. Crazy fast, anyway. Well, Sarah Lancaster went to the University of Texas and was a basketball and tennis player. 
she 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 went on a tennis scholarship is how she started she was a really good tennis player um she did some trick shots in basketball and they thought you need to try out for the basketball team so she went and played basketball and she played on the ut basketball team um she ran a little bit of track she ran like a 58 second 400 um and then she goes and gets her degree she's a lawyer so she's a part-time runner she she's like a rest the rest of us right and then she goes and she qualifies she she runs the world standard for 1500 meters a little while later she runs the world standard for for 5k and now she's run the, the world standard for 10k and all this stuff while she's she's still a, she's still an attorney kind of sounds like Gwen Jorgensen yeah she's an accountant yeah 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 it's <laughs> on a the gold medal it's a cool cool story yeah so and then of course this weekend too at the Tokyo Marathon Elliot Kipchoge showed why he is the goat and just ran away I mean just wore everybody else down ran the fastest time it's ever been run in Tokyo so wow. now he has the fastest time Which ever was what it was he ran 2202 something wow he ran um and how old is he? I don't know if we know how old Elliot He's Kipchoge not a young is. guy. No, he is not. He's in definitely in his mid thirties. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just somebody mentioned this, and I thought, what a what a great here's here's how good Elliot Kipchoge is. If you took his career and split it in half, and took and and made that two separate runners, those would be the number one and number two best marathoners of all time. <laughs> That's how good Elliot Kipchoge is. He's 37 years old. Yeah. And he's, wow. uh, so he has now won four of the six world marathon majors. That's his goal. But here's the thing. Elliot Kipchoge has never won a hilly marathon. Mm. He's never run a hilly marathon. And both Boston and New York, which are the remaining world majors, are hilly races. And so his goal is to win all six. So eventually he's going to run Boston and New York. So it should be interesting to see how he does there. Cool. I can't wait to see it. And then, of course, Bridget Koska, who's also uh, the world record holder in the marathon. She ran um, the third fastest time ever. So she's got two of the three top fastest times. And Elliot Kipchoge has two of the three fastest times. Hmm. So those Kenyans, man, oh, man. All right. All right. We have a trivia question for this week. How about an ultra marathoning question? You know, you you, you dabbled in ultra marathoning mm-hmm. at one time. So uh, how about this? Who holds the record for the fastest run across the United States, and how long did it take? Now you can send that answer to dean at runforgod.com, and the first person to send me the answer will run will win a, a Run for God Run Club tumbler. So, I think uh, I know this. One. Do you think you do? I think I do. I, the name is kind of escaping me. I know it's a weird last name. Yeah. Am I close there? You may be. It's kind you, of a it's kind of a weird last name, and I think I remember how long it took. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll. we'll I'll we'll, ask you when we yeah stop we'll, this. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week the reason why running is so awesome is socks <laughs> go figure you know a lot of runners love to make a statement with their socks and uh it's, it's so fun sometimes nowadays they do yeah that hadn't been a thing for long no it hasn't it has not but um there's so many different socks out there and you know i'm not a big sock guy i wear i there's one style of sock that i wear they're not very expensive they're three dollars a pair 
when they're I'm, not I'm when the they're not on way. sale. I usually buy them on sale though when they're two dollars a pair. And you can buy them in ten packs. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's the that's the kind of socks I buy. So, uh, but I appreciate those who do like to show their more flamboyant side, so to speak, and uh, show off their socks. Um, Lane is a sock geek sometimes, right? Yeah, the yeah. crazier the better for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, he's still that way. Yeah. 19 years old, he's still that way. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people way older than 19, oh, 19 yeah. that are yeah. that way. So, <clears throat> Our motivational thought of the week is this. If you're serious about changing your life, you'll find a way. If you're not, you'll find an excuse. I love that. Yeah. That comes from Jen Sincero, who uh, she's a motivational speaker and writer. She wrote some books, which I won't mention the name of those books because they're a little, uh, they're not great from a, but, but what a great sentiment yeah. she had here. Uh, very plain spoken. And, um, you know, sometimes I know me, I need to hear things that way bluntness blunt bluntness is good for me sure. um my wife says i'm a little too blunt yeah the problem yeah the problem is not everybody likes it that way you're you're too blunt yeah we're, we're both blunt yeah of course you're from new jersey i don't have an excuse so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have an excuse that's right yeah all right well didn't we just talk about that there are we don't have excuses to to treat people poorly no matter what exactly right? that's right well i don't think bluntness is treating poor it can get there but I think yeah. bluntness is good. Sometimes you need to hear it's the true. cold hard truth. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I have been uh, I have been appreciated for my bluntness on occasion, and sure. as have you. Yeah. So, yep. All right, that that wraps us up for this week. Hope everybody is doing great. Keep it up. We're proud of you. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.